You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23, uh, sorry, episode 22 of No Credentials Required. We are powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And with me, I've got I've got our uh, our snowbound ho- uh, co-host, Corey Mansfield. Corey, how are we doing tonight? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing okay. Just uh, looking out the window and seeing that the snow stopped, so not much shoveling to do. So that leaves more time for play. Yeah, yeah, we we both live in the same kind of region in upstate New York, uh, around the, the Clifton Park, Saratoga, Half Moon area. Uh, so we're getting some snow right now, uh, but we're supposed to get about three to six inches. I mean, it's not the three feet we got a month ago. <laughs> no, it's not, and at least they didn't misjudge this one. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm just happy we're not getting we're not getting three feet in in a matter of ten hours like the last time. So we got a lot to talk about tonight in a short period of time. So let's get started, Corey. 
Let's talk about the the playoffs, the NFL playoffs. We haven't really touched upon the NFL that much this year, uh, this season, um, for a myriad of reasons. Because a lot of other shows cover the NFL, but but we uh, we're, we both want to talk about the playoffs from this from this past Sunday, and we also want to talk about the new Jets head coach because we're both Jets Jets fans. Uh, talk about the new head coach. So let's talk, let's start with the playoffs first, Corey. Uh, this next uh, two Sundays from now, we'll have the uh, Super Bowl between. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about the games on Sunday. What what surprised you? What did you kind of expect? What was your basically your 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 reaction to the games? Well, I think the the, the interesting thing is, and I think it's the obvious is Tom breaking Tom Brady making it to another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean we you know this was the beginning of the season when he left the the Patriots last year. It was who, what was the reason the Patriots were always successful? Was it Belichick? Was it Brady? Was it a combination? Mm-hmm. And right now, it looks like it was Tom Brady was the reason that they were so successful. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, leading another team to the Super Bowl. And, and if he wins the Super Bowl, I mean, I mean, honestly, we're both Jet fans. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care what anybody says. The numbers – support it i mean people people don't like him because maybe his demeanor but the, the the stats support it the on the field play support it and it's interesting because you look at this matchup it's this 43 year old quarterback veteran who's the greatest of all time and then you have this what 25 year old young gunslinger yeah who's suddenly the new wave of the NFL and it's it, it almost is going to feel like a changing of the guard like if Mahomes goes out there and beats Brady it's like okay the pat the torch is being passed to this new generation of of quarterback and um or to Mahomes being the next you know the great quarterback but overall i mean hey the bucks they knew what they needed to do to get to the Super Bowl this offseason. I mean, kudos to their front office staff for putting a team together, going out, getting Brady, going out, making some good draft picks, getting Gronk to come out of retirement, um, picking up some pieces here and there, and, and getting there. I mean, and, and you know, the Packers just, uh, you know, Matt, Matt LaFleur has a lot to, to go over this offseason, so – yeah, it, it, it's the particularly the last couple minutes of the game was pretty crazy. Um, I mean, especially especially for the uh, uh, you know for the, the call that Mafleur made on fourth down. The, Pat, the, the Packers are driving; they're down they're down by eight, so they could easily tie the score. Um, but Matt Lafleur definitely has a lot to think about, and that, that decision is going to haunt him. And I, another decision that's going to haunt them is 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 Aaron Rodgers. He had a ton of room on third down. He's scrambling. He's trying to get out of the pocket. He's got a ton of room to run, and he doesn't run. He winds up throwing the throwing the ball away. Those decisions are going to eat at the at both Lafleur and 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 Rodgers for the entire offseason. I mean, I mean, if 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 you were in that same position, would I, would would that kind of thing eat away at you as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about the Packers. They've had some really good teams over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And this team, you know, it was, you know, 
they were, you know, unsure how they were going to do. They were going to be better than they were last year. And then obviously, you know, to this to happen. But you know, the thing about Aaron Rodgers is I've watched Aaron Rodgers play for, you know, a majority of his career. He's always this guy that kind of, you know, he likes to step up to the line of scrimmage and make play. You know, he kind of scrambles out up to the line of scrimmage and then throws the ball once the coverage has start to come up, you know, especially the linebackers coming up if he's going to, and and it's you got to wonder if you know he was hoping that somebody was going to, you know, break coverage and or uh, you know, come back on their route and he could hit him for a first down in that situation instead of running right. it and then ultimately right. just throwing it away. You know, but, you know, the the time for him, is is he going to be a Brady? Is he going to play till he's 43? Probably not. The, the window for him to get another Super Bowl is shrinking very quickly. Yeah, it's closing very quickly for sure. Um, do do you then, think he moves on to another team, though? I don't think he does. I think the, the – the, I, I don't – when you look at him in terms of his legacy with the Green Bay Packers – he, you look at Favre. Favre left, played for what, four or five different te- four teams? Played for uh, the, he played the for the Falcons, the Packers, the Jets, and the Vikings. Yeah, so he played for four teams. Rodgers has just been a Packer, so he could be a lifer with the Packers and really you know, solidify himself as the greatest quarterback in their history. I mean, no disrespect to Bart Starr, but obviously Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's a different era. And if he wants to super- speaking, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, if I think he wants to stay there, I think he will stay there. Uh, because I don't think changing a team and it's late in his career is going to help him new system, new coach, you know, things like that. Uh, obviously he did a new coach this year, but a new te- a new place, new organization. It's tough. I mean, Tom Brady did it, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady. And, you know, I mean, he's just, everything he touches seems to turn to gold. So, Here's the crazy thing about Tom Brady is that I he and I are uh, let me look up his let me look up his date of birth real quick. Let's see, Tom Brady, football quarterback, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. We're we're seventeen. We're Tom Brady and I are literally seventeen days apart. So he was born August third, nineteen seventy seven. I was born August twentieth, nineteen seventy seven. Um, please don't take my identity, but <laughs> but. It's the funny thing is, is like, like we're both the same age and he has he's accomplished so much more than I could probably ever accomplish in my entire life as far as football goes. I mean my my football credentials are I played I think 6 seasons of flag football and that's pretty much it. Tom Brady has played 21 seasons in the NFL is on his way he's he's played in 8 Super Bowls going on 9 now, which is almost which is almost a fifth of all Super Bowls played all time. And it's crazy. His statistic his I mean, he just he's a performer. He he just performs. He just he just he's such a clutch guy who when when the game when it comes to when it comes to game time and you need something and you need to have something done and you need to have something and you, and you need a win, he's the guy you want to go to, which is crazy. So and and now now the Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl in their stadium. I mean, how nuts is that? How are you not going to be biased in that situation if you're yeah. the Bucs? I mean, you have to pretty much, you know, you have to paint both end zones each team. You know, you, you have to. I mean, it's going to be exciting. But again, if this was in a non-COVID 
situation, it's going to be, it would be insane. It would be insane, but limited fans, you got to see what they're going to do with tickets. I mean, it's going to be the Super Bowl, so they're going to hype it up, you know, as much as they can. But if it was, like I said, a non-COVID situation, it's going to, it would be a lot more crazy, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And then the last, and then the game of the, the, the later game, which was Kansas City and Buffalo. Buffalo made it interesting, at least in the first quarter, when they went up 9 nothing, And then Kansas City scores 21 answer points and basically takes control of the game, go on cruise control, and win the whole dang thing. Uh, at the end of the game, there was a lot of chippiness, a lot of chippiness going on uh, between the Bills, de- between the Bills' offense and Kansas City's defense. The fun part is, is that they play, they're actually going to play each other again next season at Arrowhead. So I'm kind of wondering if this game starts the, starts the season for uh, the NFL on Thursday night in September. You know, <laughs> this, could, kind of fun. this could be the next big rivalry in, Absolutely. Absolutely. in, in the NFL that we're going to see. You know, it's going to be. You know, for years it was you know in the NFC it was the Packers in the in the 49ers, um, or you know the the 49ers in the in the in the Cowboys. Now you have the Bills and and these are you know obviously the Bills you know have never won a Super Bowl, right? And they suddenly are now in that position where they're going to be the one of the favorites next year. The kid, the Chiefs will probably be the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, especially if they win it this year. They'll be the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. But the Bills suddenly you now. They've pushed all, all the right buttons in that organization for the past four years. I mean, you talk about from drafting Josh Allen to getting Devin Singletary. You know, you last year they brought in Frank Gore uh, to, to 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 mentor Singletary, and now you know, I mean, they're just pushing all the right buttons and good for the Bills to you know. If I, I growing up, I was a Jets fan, but it was always cool to see the Bills in the playoffs because I loved watching teams play in the snow. So. <laughs> Well, you grow up in the in this region. Of course, you're gonna want to play. <laughs> you don't want in the snow. You're gonna want to play games in the snow. And speaking of the Jets, uh, our again, our, we it's our, it's our both our favorite team uh, is the Jets. We had the uh, press conference last week to introduce the new head coach, not Adam Gase, aka Robert Sala. Uh, what's your impressions of him so far, Corey? You know, from the first impressions is you know it's um all gas, no break. I mean, that's what he's yep. saying. And he's telling, and I love that. It, it feels like, it feels like very Rex Ryan esque, but not with the, the ego, you know, it's, it, it feels like this guy's got a plan and he's going to want this team to be disciplined, be focused. I, I felt like it's a total opposite of Adam, of Adam Gase, which is, you know, is great. Um, he's going to have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, he's he's brought in. I think it was Mike Lafleur to be the offensive, to be the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. um, and I believe he was a passing game specialist uh, previously. So, I mean, you have to wonder what the Jets are going to do because th- there's a lot of things to do. Do you just tear it completely down, or do you try to build on what you have? I mean, obviously, Sam Darnold is going to be a, a hot topic. Do they trade him? Do they keep him? Do they bring somebody else in and let there be a con- quarterback? competition you know there's Deshaun Watson still floating around but I think Salah is going to be I think he's going to turn this organization around I think they needed a coach like this Gase just we all knew and me and you talked about this at length before Gase did not 
do well with the Dolphins, and there should there was no reason the Jets should have hired him. No, no, I, I, I if you're see for for someone like that to just be get fired three weeks later gets get a job that and and he granted he had a lot of credit he had a lot of uh, uh, good references from a certain quarterback uh, named Peyton Manning who by the way is, is will never ever be on my Christmas card list ever. Uh, he said he went up setting, setting, getting him the job. But basically, he said, "Oh, well, I know Adam Gase. He's a he's an offensive guy. He's an offensive genius." Turns out that he wasn't, <laughs> and it made a lot just, a lot of Jets fans mad. And we remember that everybody remembers that infamous press conference where he where he had the, the taco meme press conference, uh, where you just you just see him you just see him look at everyone in the room and just was like, "Oh my God, what am I getting myself into?" Where, yeah, it's a different it's a different time right now with COVID, uh, but when you sit down, you watch Robert Sala talk to the press during his press conference. It's night and day. It's absolutely night and day. And he seemed like the, he seems like the type of guy who the players are going to play for, who the players would run through. They they would basically they would run through a, a bus <laughs> to to play for this guy. They would run through they would run through a wall, and I think that's what they just needed. They need they need someone to they needed someone to be kind of a CEO type leader. Yeah, he'll delegate things to uh, he'll delegate things to his different staff. You won't have him playing. You won't have him calling the defensive plays. You've, he already said I'm not going to call the defensive plays. It's going to be by it's going to be by, by by my coordinator. He's going to the offense take care of the offense. The defense take care of the defense. He'll need to fill in where but he needs to step in personnel wise where he needs to. He needs to step in make the game time decisions when he needs to. Uh, and it's just it's just, it's a new day. It's a new day as a New York Jets fan, and yeah, it's gonna. And he said too, yeah, I want you to be patient. This might not take a year to rebuild. This might take a couple of years to rebuild. This might take two, three years. But once we get things going, this team's gonna be unstoppable. And you know, and that's I, what the Bills did. Yeah, that's yep. exactly what the Bills did. You had to be patient with Sean McDermott. You had to be patient with Josh Allen. You you just can't expect it to change overnight. Culture takes time to change. And, you know, like, like a perfect example is as a Met fan, you know, Sandy Alderson, when he came on board with the Mets, he changed the culture there. Uh, and, and and that's the thing with a coach can change a culture pretty quickly. And we see that in college football a lot when these coaches get hired. Unfortunately, when they change the culture, they're usually gone that next season. So I think Salah is going to be great for the Jets. I think, you know, I'm excited about next year. Uh, I'm excited to see who they take in the draft. I'm excited to see if they can get Deshaun Watson somehow in a trade. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But he's it's on his watch now. So he needs to, you know, the first year, like I said, be patient. He needs to show the organization, the players, and the and the fans something. You know, they have to be there be a fire. Even if they go out and they go 0-16, but they're competitive in every game, you know, that's something to build on. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so – no, definitely. I'm 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 pretty excited. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen this off season. It's anybody's game. It's anybody's guess what's going to happen. Whether or not they go out and get Deshaun Watson, whether they take a bunch of their draft capital, uh, take a bunch of their salary cap the next couple of years and try to build around him, or do they keep Sam Donald and they just keep building the offense and get it to something that Sam Donald could work with? So that remains to be seen in the off season. We'll see what happens from there. All right, we're going to move on to the NHL. 
And we'll talk about to our, our our favorite teams. Our favorite teams played each other, did a home-and-home home this past week on Thursday and on Sunday. The Islanders and the Devils. Islanders took game one, 4-1 to one on Thursday, and my New Jersey Devils shut out the Islanders on Sunday, 2 to nothing. So let's talk about that game a little bit, Corey. Let's talk about first the uh, Thursday game, uh, the Islanders beating the Devils. Uh, they scored two power play goals in the third. Uh, the Islanders did, and went up basically walking away with this game four to one. What was your impressions of that game? Uh, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give my thoughts on the Devils' side, but before I give yourself, uh, give your thoughts about the Islanders. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, you know, it has to start with Semyon Varlamov. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's played, you know, three games a season, allowed one goal. And uh, I mean that, and it was to, to Bastion, which you know you wouldn't have guessed that that was going to be the guy that was going to score on him. Um, there's a lot of other guys who would have, but he he's just been he's been excellent. Their defense has been pretty excellent too. I mean that shot that Bastion scored on, I believe, was a screen. It was it looked like it was a screen in front, and he just didn't see it. Um, but I mean, really, if you look at the Islanders going into that game. Uh, they or before that, before the, the game they played previously, the Islanders had had a five goal. They gave up five goals in one game, but they'd still their goalies had allowed the least amount of goals in the NHL, and they had a good game. Right. Five. So Varlamov's been on fire. I mean, the offense has been kind of struggling. I mean, they kind of came to life a little bit in that game, but not as consistent. You know, you score four the one night, you get shut out the next night. I mean, or two nights later, you can't have that. You know, you have to be more consistent, especially if you want to make a run for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, game one, uh, the first game on Sunday was uh, – sorry, on Thursday. Uh, yeah, two power play goals in the third period, and Islanders can pl- the Islanders can play that suffocation game, uh, you know. Um, yeah, they can play a suffocation game as, as – as good as anyone in the game, uh, as good as any team. Uh, they allowed 31 shots, but Var- Varlamov saved 30 of them. And that was the big difference is that Varlamov is playing. He's playing, on, he's playing on, on his, basically on his head right now. <laughs> and, you know, Devils had their, sh- had their chances in, in, uh, on Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, they, they couldn't, they couldn't get past Varlamov, and that was the big that was the big deal. Now Sunday is a different story, and, and oh, yeah. part of it, I think, I think part of it was that uh, Scott Wedgwood got pressed into action yep. for the fact that uh, uh, Mackenzie Black was currently on currently and still, from what I understand, he's on uh, COVID protocol, yeah. so he got pressed into action pretty quickly, and you know, it, it had to prepare for the game, but at the same time, you know, four goals get past you. That's a bad day. That's a bad day. No matter which goal, no matter no matter uh, who you are, no matter how good you are. And kudos to him for coming back that next game and getting the shutout. I mean, that's that's big. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So Sunday rolls around, and we go back to uh, we go back to the Prudential Center, the Rock, and Devils score two goals in the first period and never look back. And Scott Wedgwood, Wedgwood again, another former another former Albany Devil. Uh, shout out to the old Albany Devils. Rest, rest in peace. Uh, they 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Get the victory, they get the win uh, for Wedgwood, and it was his first shutout uh, filling in for 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 Blackwood. And actually, he's playing tonight, so I guess I guess that means uh, Wedgwood is still on COVID protocol Blackwood. for a couple of days. Or Blackwood, excuse me, Blackwood's on Blackwood is on a uh, protocol for another couple of days. But you know, Devils played strong. They uh, they scored in the power play, which is what they need because which was which is what they needed. Uh, they need to do because they they brought in Mark Recky to help with the power play. And you know, it worked. And Jack, Jack Jack Hughes scores another goal. He's got seven points for the year. It's one of the he's one of the better been one of the better performers for the Devils this year. And I've got an article on BellyUpSports.com talking about the the three young players who have contributed to the Devils the most. But let's look at the Islanders side for a moment, Corey. What was uh, what was your impressions of the Islanders play on Sunday? Again, you know. Penalties are going to kill that team. I mean, you you can't score on the power play, but you can't you can't play shorthanded. I mean, it, the last two years, the Islanders every I mean they get in penalty trouble, they get stupid penalties, and they allow other teams to capitalize. On the flip, you know their their goaltending situation, and I, you know we text each other off offline, but this you know Corey Snyder was brought in to bring stability to the Islanders if Ilya Sorokin couldn't handle the duties as being a number two. Mm-hmm. And Sorokin didn't play terrible in that game. Those two goals, he kind of settled in. Um, but his angles, I mean, if you watch him, in, and he comes, you know, the, in the KHL, they play on a bigger ice surface. His yeah. his angles and his crease awareness were very off. Coming across the crease, it was. It seems like he was lethargic. Like he's was too worried about the pass than worried about the shooter, maybe. And his he he just. His angles seemed way off, and you know the Islanders have to, con- you know, right now. Obviously, is the reason Sorokin is in the NHL right now is because the AHL isn't playing yet. It, are they just trying to get Sorokin some work at the NHL level, and then obviously when the AHL starts in a few weeks, is Sorokin going to be set down, and Corey Snyder is going to be your number two? If the Islanders want to make a run in the playoffs. Or deep into this season, and 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 and, and you know have a, a top seed, they need a number two. Grice left; he's in Detroit. Sorokin, I don't think at this point, I don't think he can handle a number two duty. I just don't. I would feel more comfortable as an Islanders fan having Corey Schneider as my number two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Schneider's got that load of uh, NHL experience. Believe me, as a as a as a as a guy who watch slash slash listen to devil's games over the past couple of years. And you know, the reason why he was brought in, uh, they, uh, Lula Merlo traded for him back in, uh, back 
bunch of years ago. Thought he could be the number one goaltender. He was for a while. Injuries kind of set him back a little bit. Um, and right now he is uh, he's he's playing for the Islanders. So hopefully he'll get some he'll get a chance to 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 uh, get some time in before before this before season's end. Especially uh, have Sor- have Sorokin play in the AHL for a bit. So we're gonna move on to baseball. Uh, we've had some signings recently, but the one big story is that breaking news as of an hour ago, uh, we're recording on Tuesday night, as of an hour ago, for the first time since 1960, the membership of the National Baseball Hall of Fame will remain frozen as no player from the 2021 Baseball Writers Association of America ballot reached the 75% threshold needed for enshrinement in Cooperstown. Ryan, the closest who got one who got there. Who are they? The closest one who got there was Kurt Schilling. He had seventy-one percent of the ballots. He had sixteen votes to get in, and then after that was was Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. They were the top three. They couldn't reach. They couldn't reach the seventy-five percent threshold. I mean, it just shows you that the players who I feel like the players from that generation, the great ones, have already gotten in. I mean, you're starting to get down into the players, the second tier of players. I mean, is Kurt Schilling really a Hall of Famer? I mean, he put a couple good seasons or a few good seasons together late in his career. When you when you say Hall of Fame, I don't think Kurt Schilling. Um, Bonds and Clemens, they're just a totally different situation. I mean, obviously, steroid era. Um, are they going to get in? I mean, I think eventually they will. But when you have Mark Burley on the ballot. I mean, I know a lot of players just get on the ballot because they have to have a bunch of guys on there, but like you're talking about like Mark Burley getting in the hall of fame. I mean, what did you have the list in front of you of the players that were on it? I mean, it's crazy. It's some of these players are like, you're just scratching your head saying that guy wasn't even really an all-star. How is he a hall of fame? Like, come on. So it doesn't shock me at all that nobody's going this year. It really does. I didn't think anyone would. Okay, so here's the list of tw- the 25. Well, there's 25 players who are on the list. Let me give you the top 10 of the votes. So, Kurt Schilling, 70, 70% of the ballots, 16 votes short of getting in the Hall of Fame. Here's his stat line 216 career wins, ER, career, career ERA of 346. He had over 3,000 strikeouts, 3,116 strikeouts. Roger Clemens was number two, 61%, 354 wins, 4,672 career strikeouts. Barry Bonds was next, followed by Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, Manny Ramirez, and Jeff Kent. That was your top 10. And you look at Jeff Kent. I mean, I'm a Met fan, and, you know, Jeff Kent did all his – his great stuff in his career, not with the Mets. And, you know, he had a great, if you really look at his stats and what he did, he was a great player. I mean, so was, you know, Todd Hilton, Todd hit, but Todd Hilton, again, he played in Colorado. So I'm sure people are kind of looking at that a little bit saying, Hey, no, in Colorado. So what? (laughs) So that's my comeback. So what? Yeah, exactly. The the, the air, the, the thin air didn't, didn't hit all those home runs. I always say the same thing for Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, the steroids didn't hit those home runs. The steroids didn't throw all those strikeouts. It was the person. Yeah, but well, pitcher. Look at the splits on Helton when we get a chance. We'll look at the splits on Helton. 
Okay. Uh, so Helton batting at, you know, 2,247 games. He had 2,519 hits, 369 home runs, 1,406 RBIs, uh, 1,335 walks, slugging percentage 539, on base and slugging 953. Those aren't bad stats. But are they Hall of Fame stats? Who are they comparable to? Uh, That's in the Hall of Fame. question. Good question. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but yeah. <laughs> that's a very good question. I mean, Barry Bonds. I think I think Barry Bonds. I mean, there's a number of people I think who, a number of players who I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Should Billy Wagner be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he was you know he was a closer for you know a pretty dominant closer for you know a you know for like five or six years. But you know, do you think Billy? I mean, those names to me just don't scream Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, obviously, you know the names of like Derek Jeter. That's a Hall of Famer. Um, Vlad Guerrero Hall. I mean, they're Hall of Famers now, but I mean, when that generate those guys come from the same generation, these players, and and maybe you know, I'm just bitter because um, there's no Mets on that list, but there shouldn't be. <laughs> but uh, it, it to me, it just seems like they just put people in to put people in, and maybe this year they just didn't need to. Okay, Billy Wagner should be on the Hall of Fame. He's sixth all time in career saves, four hundred twenty two. Mo Rivera is in the Hall of Fame. Trevor Hoffman's in the Hall of Fame. Lee Smith is in the Hall of Fame. Dennis Eckersley, who he has more, he, he's in the Hall of Fame. Raleigh Fingers, he should be in the Hall. Billy Wagner should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Hmm. He's a Met. And he's, he's a, a Met too. And he's a Met. And he yeah. was a Met. <laughs> so you can't say he's, you, you can't be that better that no way, nobody from the Mets is on that list. But but I you know I Billy Wagner should be a Hall of Famer. All right, so. We're going to move on from sports and go into pop culture. And Corey had a really interesting uh, pop culture subject for this week. So this week, we're going to talk about pop culture. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about movies that should have never gotten a sequel. I should, I should never actually should never get a sequel. Movies that should get a sequel and movies that should have never had a sequel in the first place. So Corey, since this, this is the topic you came up with, I'm going to have you take the con on this one. Have you go first? What were the so which movies should which movie should have to you should have gotten a sequel? Which movie should have never gotten a sequel? And which movies should have never had a sequel in the first place? So I'll just do a couple for each. So this is based on the fact that we've reviewed a lot of. Um, you know, Cobra Kai obviously is a sequel to Karate Kid, even though it's a series. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about Bill and Ted, Face to Music. Yeah. Um, so I was looking, and, and, and let me pre- preface by saying gaps between the original to the sequel. Let's start that way. Because okay. obviously Karate Kid had a pretty significant gap. Bill and Ted had a significant gap. So here are the ones. So what, what were we going to start with? The ones that should get a sequel? But never got one. Okay. So these are the ones that I in, – in, uh, you're going to hate me on a couple of these. You really are. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, All right? Try me. Try me. <laughs> yeah. The first one I'm going to start with, and people are going to be like, no. And let me start. It should be – it can be a sequel or a prequel because it could explain pre- backstories too. Mm-hmm. And that is Goonies. I knew you were going to say that. Okay, okay. So- I knew you were going to say that. No, no, I, I don't hate, and I don't hate you. I, I don't. I completely. I'm okay with it. Okay. So here was always my thought about Goonies. So I don't think they should ever go in a direction of making a sequel. I just don't think it would be 
those that's 35 years ago or 37. I mean, it's, you're talking about generational thing. I think they should do a prequel with about One-Eyed Willie and about Chester Copperpot. Okay. I think that they should do a series called Willie or Chester or Copperpot. I think that would be very – from a Goonies point of view, I think that would be pretty cool to see these people. And, and, and I just – that's how I feel. I think you if you don't want to make a sequel, make something a little different, and I think people will gravitate, gravitate towards it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, a movie that I think there should be a sequel made of, and there wasn't. Now, this is kind of a, a sequel on top of a sequel, is Batman with Michael Keaton. I think, and I know there's a lot of talks in the works that there's a possibility of this, but I think how they left after Batman Returns was they kind of left like a void. It would be cool to see Michael Keaton reprise the role of Batman 30-something years later. I just think that that would be – he would definitely be able to make up for some of these other – and you could keep it in that same universe. I don't know if the other ones that came after like Batman Beyond and Batman and Robin, you would you just forget about those. Mm-hmm. Um, another show that I think they should make another one, again, a sequel on top of a sequel, Austin Powers. Okay, continue. So I – the only problem is is obviously Vern Troyer has since passed on, mini-me. Right. But I love those movies. They were so funny and they were they made fun of everything. And it's something that we need in this day and age is, is to kind of make fun of ourselves instead of taking ourselves too seriously. So that's why I think Austin Powers. And, you know, they were just funny. They make me laugh. Every time I see them on TV, I just have to turn them on. Now brings me – now do you have yours? Okay. Um, think off the top of my head. So, I mean, Goonies, yeah, definitely. I mean, I th- I think uh, was a Warner. It was a Warner Brothers movie, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. I know Warner Warner has their own. You know, with HB, there could, could be an HBO HBO Max series about Cheshire Copper Pot or One Eyed Willie. Yeah, that could be a HBO Max series. I, I mean, I don't yeah. have HBO Max, but that would be a nice series. Yeah. Um, one movie this is gonna be kind of off the wall. But I think she get a kind of a reprise more than a sequel is Mr. Baseball with Tom hmm. Selleck. Hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that before, Corey. You've yeah. ever seen Mr. Baseball? Yeah, I saw it a long time ago, but yeah, I've seen it. Okay. I, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a funny movie. You know, I mean, for I mean, for kids who's in high school or college, you know, watch that movie. It would have been, it would have been kind of fun. But it would be kind of fun to see uh, his character go back to Japan and be a, be a manager. I would want to see him as a manager. Uh, managing uh, as a gaijin, as a white man, <laughs> white man comes, white man, white devil. The white devil goes back to Japan and manages manages a baseball team, and to see like kind of a culture shock between, uh, not not so much culture shock, but generation gap between his time and players of today. Uh, I would totally, I would, I would watch something like that, Maybe kind of a reprise of Tom Selleck, and, and come on, Tom Selleck. Yeah, he's still, he's still out there acting. He's still out there acting. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's on. He was on uh, Blue Bloods, Bloods of Bloods of as of recently. So, uh, one movie. So that's one movie that should kind of get a sequel, but also kind of a, going back off your uh, Goonies idea, get a get a kind of a reprise or a reboot. Uh, one movie that one movie that should never get a sequel. Um, it's kind of part of the trilogy, uh, but the uh, the Cornetta and Blood trilogy, the Blood and Cornetta trilogy of uh, Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Yeah. Um, Hot Fuzz should never get a sequel. Yeah. That movie is perfect the way it is mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Simon Pegg and Ian Wright and uh, um, Jim Broadbent as the as the uh, kind of not knowing but also knowing uh, chief of police. Uh, in a in a small quiet town in the north of England, that movie just perfect. Just it's it's perfect. The comedy's on point. The acting's really well. The actors re- acting's really good. The plot works. Perfect. They should never get a movie, and it should never get a sequel. And the movies that should have never gotten a sequel, The Matrix, The Matrix, that the part the first Matrix movie. Well, we get Neo, we explain where he's from, we explain how he becomes Neo, great. The two movies that came after that, terrible. <laughs> absolutely, an absolute mind mind F from part A, from, from pillar to post. And, you know, I mean, some of the battle scenes were pretty cool with the giant robots shooting at the, shooting at the Sentinels. That was pretty cool. But the whole backstory, I mean, the, the whole story of Neo... In, in the Nebuchadnezzar uh, with Trinity, you know, their weird love story there, the whole thing with Zion going to war with the machines, it, it was just ham fisted and just, it, it, and the whole philosophy thing just didn't work. And if they could, if I could go back in time with the Warchowski brothers, now that Warchowski sisters um, and talk about that movie and how the, the premise of that, how it should have been taken place. I, I think they should have been, it should have been done better. And that movie did not deserve the two movies that came afterward because the matrix was a great movie. First of all, and what happened after that, I wish never happened. (laughs) So mine are the ones that they shouldn't have made, never made sequels to. I have actually a few of them. (laughs) I'm just going to read them off real quick. Uh, I don't uh, Ghostbusters. They're making a sequel to Afterlife. I haven't. It obviously it's not out yet. I just don't think they should have. That was too long of a gap. Uh, Jurassic Park. I didn't like how they did Jurassic World, especially the sequel of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom wasn't very good. Uh, Bill and Ted last week. I obviously didn't like that. The one that I'm really upset about was Clerks Two. Clerks Two um, was. I just was like, this is just awful. Like you, you sh- they should have never did this. It just they work at a restaurant now, and the humor they try to make the humor the same, but it came out like fifteen years after the other one. They're older now. It's like these they're a bunch of losers. I didn't like that. Um, the movies that I hope they never make into a sequel, and I really have one, and it's a Kevin. It's another Kevin Smith movie. There's two, actually two, but one in particular. Um, I don't think Coming to America should two should be coming out. I don't. I think that's just going to be really weird. Um, and that's actually coming out. But the one Kevin Smith, another, movie, it's another gap. It's another too long of a gap too. Yeah, yeah. is Mallrats, which is one of my favorite movies. I just the way that that movie was and the humor in that movie, it, you can't go twenty six, twenty five, twenty six years into the future and try. And uh, rumor has it they are going to try to make uh, have a sequel to that. 
And I'm, I watched it the other day, and I'm like, you can't do this. I'm like, you can't. You, Brody is so immature that if you even make him somewhat immature in this new movie, he's, it's going to be terrible. You know, you just can't do it. And, and I hope they don't because, I mean, yeah, there are some gold mines like Cobra Kai did really well. Uh, even American Reunion. I don't know if you watched American Reunion. American Reunion was pretty good. The American Pie sequel, that came out, I think, like 11 or 12 years after um, the mm-hmm. original. But you, right. there's, just, there's just certain movies you can't too, – too much of a gap. You just can't do it. Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones in the Crystal Kingdom, the Crystal Skull, too much of a gap. Way too, yeah, that was way too long of a gap. Yeah, so that's one of the big debates that we had this week. We want to, we, I'd be curious to see what uh, our uh, our listeners would would say too. Uh, but we're going to wrap things up for for this week's episode of No Credentials Required. Again, we are brought up brought to you by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, if you get a chance, go back and listen to last week's last week's shows. Uh, we did, I did a special with uh, uh, with uh, Down to the Wire. On a worldwide sports radio network, I took the audio from that and I put an episode from that. We also had episode twenty-one of No Credentials Required from last week, and I also had a special with uh, an interview with Sean Patrick Flannery, who people might know from uh, Boondock Saints and from Powder. He released a new movie called Born a Champion. I got to watch, I got a chance to watch it this weekend. It's actually a, a really good movie uh, if you're if you're into if you're into martial arts movies. Uh, Go watch that movie. It's an excellent movie. I'll I'll probably make a I'll probably I'll probably write up a review on that uh, this this week on BillyUpSports.com. But in the meantime, we've got other podcasts you can check out. We've got more podcasts that we're actually adding on. Uh, another uh, one podcast in particular that we want to give a shout I want to give a shout out to is the Cannons and Tomahawks podcast. Every Saturday, Alex Nuttle, who is a, a, a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, and Zach Martin, who is a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Uh, they talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Chicago Blackhawks with a small mix of NHL talk thrown in for good measure. It's a show full of chirps, goal celebrations, plus plus much plus ugh, plus much more. Sit back, grab a beer or two, and enjoy some hockey talk from two diehard fans in the Midwest. And again, Belly Up Sports is adding on more and more podcasts by the week. We're we're, we're aiming for a big year this year, and podcasts are just a part of that. So. Uh, check out the podcast on, on the page on bellyupsports.com. And uh, you, can check, you can catch my live show, which is around for the weekend every 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 Friday night or most Friday nights at 6.30 on, on Periscope, on Facebook Live, and on YouTube. This week I'm going to have uh, my buddy Gaz, Tom Gozlowski, uh, formerly of 104.5 uh, The Team ESPN in Albany. Uh, we're going to talk about his new podcast and – you know, it's uh, that's what's going on in our world. So, Corey, any uh, any final thoughts for this week? Stop making bad sequels, people. Amen. <laughs> so, on that note, uh, we're going to end this week's podcast. And again, thanks for listening to No Credentials Required. Uh, please visit our socials, uh, the social media pages on Twitter, Belly Up Sports. It's it's a, it's, a, it's at Belly Up NCR on Facebook. It's Belly Up Sports NCR. Uh, thank you again for listening, and until next time. We'll save you a seat in the media booth. Intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. 
Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.